Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. One in five teenage boys do not believe it is always necessary to get consent before engaging in sexual activity. This is a headline that maybe you've heard or seen over the last few days, but how well do secondary school students understand consent? And is it far more complex than the headline I've just mentioned? Well, National University of Ireland in Galway Active Consent Programme have been looking at this. They have new research and Dr Siobhan O'Higgins of the Active Consent Programme, she's the team lead, joins me now to chat about it. Good morning to you. Good morning, Joe. So oh, this sun is shining in Limerick too. Oh, it is. It's a lovely, lovely time. It's great, great, great to have it before we go into the winter. Uh, this research um, surveyed, I think, over 600 students. What stood out yes. to you from it? What stood out was actually that they do have a good understanding of what consent is and what stops and what helps consent. So it was a survey that was conducted over five different schools. And um, the headline that you quoted, that one in five boys do not agree that sexual consent is necessary, comes from the the, the data, which says 75% of them did agree, right? 21% of the boys were neutral about that. So they didn't know either way. They were saying, I'm not sure. And only 3% didn't agree. So, and then when you look at the feet, the girls... 93% of them agreed, 6% of them were neutral, and 1% of them didn't agree. So, in fact, the majority of young people do understand that consent is important, but what comes out of it when they look at real-life stories and realistic stories, they get involved in, you know, well, it was that consenting, wasn't it consenting? And that becomes very interesting. And then it's about discussing with them, okay, so what could make that situation more consenting? And it always comes down to the fact that it needs to be clear communication, that people are clear that, that they're both on the same page, that they understand what they're doing and that they agree. So we go back to the whole thing of consent is OMFG, ongoing, mutual and freely given. Right. Yeah. So neutral. And I, I yes, they were neutral. They didn't know. So, you know, these are young people. They were 15 to 17-year-olds, and they're being asked, you know, is consent necessary for all forms of sexual activity? Which means from holding hands, touching, underclothes, overclothes, oral sex, sexual intercourse, and it could be they could be envisaging it being with their partners or with someone they just met. And so they were neutral. They didn't know. They weren't sure. Okay. You know, and that's only, through, that's only you know, uh, 21% of them were neutral. Right. Siobhan, you sound a bit cheesed off, by, oh. the, way, by the way this has been interpreted oh. by the media. <laughs> well, no, statistics are wonderful, right? But they can be, you know, that's a really headline statistic. But it's blaming boys. It, you know, it, it's, it's pointing a finger at boys and saying, no, 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 which is not what we're doing. We're saying we need to educate and support our children to understand better how to communicate. Because what young people are saying is that it's embarrassing and it's awkward to actually talk about consent in an in a intimate situation. And also that, um, you know, they've actually taken on board these gendered sexual scripts that, that men or males are the initiators and they just keep going until they're told to stop. So that's putting the females in the position they have to say yes or no. Okay. Right? But really it's mutual. It's about that's what we're trying to get to, to, to nudge young people to realise they have to discuss it. It has to be mutual. It has to be mutually enjoyable. Right. So, so does, does that mean that before, whether it's boy or girl, particularly hmm. in teenage years, 
yeah. before one or the other goes to take somebody's hand even, that they need to clearly ask the question, is this okay? Well, that's, well, no, that's what, we're, that's what we ask them. And some of them said, no, I don't know. If you, no, no, I, I understand. Like, that. I, I, yeah, but I, if I, I do, I do yeah. sorry, I get yeah. what you asked them and, and how yeah. they answered it. Yeah. But yeah. I suppose the societal question is, is that kind of clear, defined, asked and answered prior to any sexual activity whatsoever necessary now? Well, what do you think? I mean, if someone came and grabbed your hand or someone came and kissed you, would you not then want them to say, you know, oh, is it okay? Or to um, read your body language and then check that they were reading it okay? You know, so it's okay for me to hold your hand. It's okay for me to kiss you. I'd really like to kiss you. Is that okay? You know, I mean, it's about invading someone else's personal space, isn't it? Mm. You know, and normally we read people, you know, we do read people's body language. You know, if you go in to kiss someone and they sort of shy away, you know, you go, oh, okay, they clearly don't want to. But if they come forward and they reciprocate, then yes, okay, so it's mutual. But when alcohol is involved or nerves are involved or drugs are involved, we misread the cues that people are giving us as to whether it's okay to invade their personal space. So you need to check in. Say, is this okay? Right. We're chatting to Dr. Siobhan O'Higgins uh, from NUIG. Um, does, does that mean then that one of the key factors here is to rid ourselves finally, as you said earlier, of this portrayal of the, the man being almost forward or even aggressive and uh, the woman shying away? you know, this classic stuff that sometimes you've heard, including, frankly, in, in criminal court cases, you, you know, uh, uh, oh, they, they said no, but they meant yes. You know, that classic. Yes, terrible, isn't it? Yes, we definitely do need to get rid of that. This, you know, being physically intimate with someone else, it can be one of the most amazing experiences that human beings can have, and it should be enjoyable for everybody, and it should be mutual. And especially when young people are starting to explore their sexuality, they have no idea what they might like or not like, you know, and they're getting their ideas of how they should act as sexual beings from all sorts of sexual media, which is very confusing. And so basically we need to update, which we are doing by creating the resources that Active Consent have created and other people are creating for the schools program and to support parents be able to educate their children to reduce their vulnerability and to make sure that if they ever do choose to become sexually active, it is mutually consensual, it is mutually respectful, it is mutually enjoyable, and it's done safely. Mm. Interesting one here from a listener saying, uh, there's a video on social media showing how a waitress in a restaurant helped a young woman who needed it. She was with her boyfriend, who held her hand, had his arm around her while sitting in the restaurant, and the girlfriend wrote on a serviette that she needed help. He was controlling her. Did he ask her if he could hold her hand or force her to go places with him? Uh, No, and a lot of lads never did. Uh, The waitress, by the way, alerted management and on the quiet, they called uh, the police who arrived and the girl escaped the boyfriend. But you could see that she was shaken. This was captured on CCTV and apparently seen online on social media. And that comes in from from Maureen, which is, you know, an interesting example. Well, a toxic relationship. You know, and some of the surveys that young people did, there was a school in Kerry who did a survey amongst their TY students who did a survey amongst their peers and found that toxic relationships were quite common, this controlling behaviour. So it just has to stop. That's not how we relate to each other. That's not beautiful. That's not consensual. That's not respectful. And so we need to start talking about these um, 
how you form relationships much younger, clearly. And I mean, one of the issues is that children don't know how to deal with rejection. They can't say no because they're afraid that they're going to... They can't ask because they're afraid of being rejected. They can't say no because they're afraid of hurting someone else's feelings. But what you're doing is you're not rejecting the person. You're rejecting what they want to do with you. Yeah. And we need to get that clear, you know. And so that's part of the program that we've developed in terms of the workshops. But there's a lot of things that we need to support parents. We need to support the education system. We need to support our children to form loving relationships if they ever choose to do so. Because basically, as a parent, what we want is for our children eventually, when they're old enough and mature enough, to have wonderful loving relationships and make us grandparents. I mean, you know, we don't want our children not to become intimate with other people. Yes. So it's about working out how we can do that in a world where they're surrounded by sexual media all the time and getting all sorts but, of ideas. But, but I mean, your bottom line on the research you've done, you would suggest, mm. is actually quite positive that uh, teenagers have a better grasp on this overall than maybe they would have had a generation ago. Oh, I don't know, because they weren't asked the generation ago. Oh, well, so I know, I understand that. that. I understand. <laughs> we can't say that. But we can say that, you know, young people are, you know, are aware. You know, they've been talking about this. It's been in the media a lot. And they're saying this is important. I mean, in three of the schools that we, that we piloted our workshop in, um, it was the young people who actually got in contact and said, we need a consent workshop because, you know, there's things happening in our school that, we're not ha- that, are, that are wrong. You know, can you come and help us? to communicate better about these things. So, you know, young people are very aware now. You know, they're very savvy. They're not stupid, but they have all sorts of different influences and they're confused. It's very confusing. If you, you know, I don't know what you were like when you were a teenager, but, you know, trying trying out different things and, and trying to explore your sexuality is a very um, nerve-wracking thing and you want to do it right and you don't want to be a fool. You don't want to be judged. You know, and the judging that goes on on social media you know, is huge. So a lot of the people said, you know, well, she didn't want to be um, have negative things said about her, you know, on at school or on the phones. And, and you know, so there's other, other pressures on our young yes, people now. Yes. OK, very interesting. Well, listen, thank you so much for talking to us about this. Glad to give you a chance to expand on it a little bit more than the headlines that we've seen over the last couple of days. And that's from NUI Galway and the Active Consent Programme there and the Programme Team Lead, Dr. Siobhan O'Higgins, talking to us about that research. Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95.